0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mike Armstrong podcast show. This afternoon, I'm joined by Brian Gunter, who is the uh, owner of uh, Magici- uh, was, uh, Magician Encounters Magicians? Encounter Magic. Encounter Magic, that's it. So I, I've known Brian for a while now, and uh, he used to be Brian Gunter the Magician, but uh, now he's uh, turned himself into Encounter Magic. We'll, we'll, we'll deep dive in that in a bit. But how are you doing today, Brian? You okay?
1: I'm good, yeah. It's been, it's been quiet, but it's also been quite productive over the last so 15, 16 weeks, however long it is. It's all blending into one now.
0: Yes, well, uh, yeah, one one big long Zoom call. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it, um, it does feel like that. It is Zoom fatigue, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to go networking in the real world just so I, uh, I'm not on Zoom, but I do like Zoom. I'm, I'm actually networking about eight times a week at the moment uh, via Zoom, which I was only doing two, two real world events.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've tried to limit it. I've tried to limit it because otherwise, I've I've got no time to actually achieve anything when I'm not on Zoom. Yeah. So it's um, it's trying to create that balance. So, so it's, you've caught me on a sort of a rare sort of Monday, really. I normally sort of quite productive on Mondays, doing all the work ready for the week. So um, it, it's it's plenty of time in the diary today. So it's good.
0: Yeah, it's good to catch up with you because I haven't seen you out networking for a while. I know you've been busy, you know, uh, building your business and that. So uh, you know, you, you haven't been uh, to as many events lately. But it's always great to catch up with some uh, old uh, networking colleagues. And the reason I'm doing a lot of these uh, podcasts and YouTubes is I'm on a mission to become a global speaker. So I want to get myself out there, you know, in as many places as possible. But um, the first place I usually ask, uh, the first question I usually ask is, um, is how's the lockdown been for you? And have you done anything in your business to pivot during these sort of uh, times, really?
1: Yeah, it's it's shown into sharp relief, really, that I'd put all my eggs in one basket, just having one sort of company that delivered a specific product, which under these circumstances, no one needs that product anymore. So what I've done is taken the opportunity to split my company into almost into four. So the magic... And the training side that I do is now split 50-50. So the magic is also split 50-50 into private events and sort of corporate events. And it's the corporate events I sort of concentrate on now. Really, I'm sort of leaning away from sort of the weddings and things like that. But it's it's more into a promotional form of magic which is all branded and geared in for marketing and sponsorship opportunities for awards and things so so that's the side of the magic but i've also then taken out a product that i've been doing for years which is the the training and i've actually formalized it and set up a new company as well so that's under sort of the umbrella so that that's a brand gun and mind skills training and there's everything in there from building rapport through to memory through to network training instant rapport, creative problem solving, utilizing the skills that I have as a magician and giving them a practical aspect in a business format.
0: Okay, so it's not, uh, so it's not training other magicians then, it's training uh, normal people, if you like, uh, yeah. the skills that magicians have, which are useful yeah, so in the th- real world.
1: So typically, it's, it's utilizing some of the skills uh, and focusing it on a business environment rather than an individual. It's more targeted at businesses, so it's how to walk up to people in a room, how to get the confidence to ask, how to spot opportunities while you you perform in, or while you're actually talking to people, how how to just be quiet, how to just shut up and let people talk, and then provide them a solution to what they're actually looking for, rather than just saying everything that you do and hoping you know the scattergun approach where you're filing out your whole CV to people and hoping that it'll match one of the things that they need rather than tailing in your response to what they need. And um, and that's where it comes down to the sales side of it as well uh, and going through there.
0: Yeah, good. Yes, uh, it's interesting. I, I, I myself have pivoted a little bit during the lockdown. Obviously, I'm on a mission to be a speaker, but I've also come up with some... Um, training schedules uh, like a happiness formula which is to make people uh, as happy as they can be on a daily daily basis certain things they can do every day to be happier including like exercise and nutrition and you know sleeping well meditation all that sort of thing but i also am teaching uh, I'm, I'm going to go uh, back into sales training because i used to do corporate sales training uh, in my job and a lot of what you talked about then is asking open-ended questions and then listening, solution selling, if you like. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so I'm looking to do a bit of that training as well. So we're, we're in similar places at the moment. But yeah, I'm combining mine with marketing, with uh, relationship building, efficiency, action, and uh, systems. So it's a, I call it a streams, the stream success formula. So it's teaching people how to be more successful. But... Um, your, your camera's gone, uh, gone off
1: just, at the moment. Just, I've just. It's a new yeah. utility on it, so um, I've tried to get it back on. Well, yeah, uh, isn't that impressive as
0: a magician? You made yourself disappear?
1: It's the green screen. I'm actually still here. Oh, is it? So, uh, <laughs> Fair i don't know what's going on i'll uh, i'll turn you yourself it into uh
0: into eos webcam utility peter which is clever yeah. you
1: know? well it's only it's only available in america so i've had to get the hooky version oh is so, it uh, yeah, I'll yeah just you're it back anyway back. you're back in the room and we're back in the room oh, you're gone again. Turn it off again so um <laughs> there we go so it should be on again now perfect yes.
0: There we are. Yeah so, yeah, so we're both sort of in the similar sort of space. I, I'm i teaching people sort of systems, technology, relationships, efficiency, action, marketing and sales. And and obviously some of sales is all about opening up open-ended questions. To me, the art of sales is to not sell, but to uh, help, you know, provide uh, help, support, solutions, you know, solve problems.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's exactly that. I think what people are missing at the moment is... Um, I'm a member of Toastmasters International, is a public speaking uh, organisation throughout the world, and um, I've been a member for five years now, and sort of progressed up there to sort of more leadership kind of editor director things like that, and then sort of took my foot off that last year and, and go back into practicing now for the public speaking, and all of that was a, a long term goal to 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 swing more into the training arena to be more comfortable, you know, just delivering a a talk without actually having a prop in your hand and uh, and going through that really. So that's been a sort of a springboard for me to change direction for a while, but it's always, you know, one of the things about the current situation is it's given me that time that I wouldn't have had to focus on that. Yeah, so it's, yeah. um, it's allowed me to to actually spend some time on what I want to achieve with that, going to that market. And also it's provided opportunities already for speaking slots, you know, for team team gatherings, um, remote networking events, you know, a lot of things that people are still want content, but they've only got bite-sized amount of content to deliver and they want to do it in an informative and entertaining way. So it's spotting those markets, trying to get in there and actually get paid for speaking, which is one of the things that is a challenge. People generally either want you to pay to, to, pay to play um, or they want you to... just do it for exposure so there is a sort of a a jump then where you start getting paid and luckily I'm in that position now where people are paying me corporate wise so and that's no different really now than before apart from you know I'm not going somewhere just to do a 45 keynote Um, it's more short bites it's more 20 20 minutes uh, 15 minutes rather than one of the things I've noticed on Zoom is the attention span is, is quite hard So one of the things I talk about is how to build, you know, online rapport and go down the different stages around that area. So I'm doing actually a talk uh, Wednesday on online rapport and and also then how to sort of get a lasting relationship with someone while you're you're communicating remotely. Because one of the things your brain does is automatically gets tired because it's looking for body language cues that don't exist because, you know, you're from from here up. Rather than a whole body looking at people what they wear in what they hold in um, how they move in their body, and all of that does take a lot of brain power away from actual one to one meetings so it, it is is a tricky one, but I think there is a market there and I think what we just we have to remember that, that it's going to last now i'm going to do more meetings online uh, other people are going to do more meetings online before before this i would I would think nothing of driving uh, traveling up on the train to London for a meeting. Uh, but now it's literally no way I'll do that. It'll be all online. So,
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, uh, you know, if ever you uh, get into speaking opportunities and they're looking for more speakers and vice versa, yeah. if I get into any and they're looking for more speakers, then, you know, we need to um, help each other out. Everyone who's sort of starting out needs to, you know, pull each other through, if you like, when they get opportunities. Yeah, so
1: one, one of the key things is, is a mentor program which I'm quite I'm a member of a few different ones where you pitch yourself with someone who's at the same level, someone who's ahead of you and then someone who's underneath that level uh, and you work together to refer work, uh, refer experience, give a bit of training. And uh, I'm in a member of three groups where I'm at the different levels. So the, you know, there's opportunities around there. Obviously, People don't want the same speaker every year in a company, so you need to be in a position where you can recommend external content that you can recommend. Yeah. So, obviously, that you know, there, there are a few people in my book that, that I'll recommend, and, and hopefully, you know, we, we can do some work. But, yeah, well, uh, um,
0: part of, part of my um, promotion of these events is, um, I'm creating a, a speaker section of the guests I've had on, on my website, okay. And then I'm gonna create from that, then a speaker booking uh, section and also a podcast booking section, because I know loads of speakers and loads of podcasters. So basically what I'm gonna do then is, is a lot of those at the moment are at the level of not getting paid for speaking, not getting paid for podcasting, but giving people great opportunities and building the audiences. So I'm gonna start charging a fee as an agent for putting people into multiple podcasts or into multiple speaking opportunities, and and build an agency up from there then, like,
1: you know, so I'm going to, I think, I think it's a, it's a sound plan. You know, I I had a conversation just, just before lockdown with Reagan agency in Cardiff. And um, obviously I I know a few of them from, from the circuit anyway, but it it is interesting at the moment where the work has sort of, is still there. Online conferences are now a thing, whereas before they weren't. So they still need compares. They're still investing in the infrastructure. They're not paying for big, you know, audio visual projection equipment or anything like that. So there is more money in the pot to pay for other services or to bring people in. So those are the markets really where you need to sort of look at and, and then try and leverage what you were trying to sell against what they want to project as a a company and working with, with people, you know, one of the, the key things is being able to use Zoom. So I've been quite fortunate with, with Toastmasters International, for instance. They swapped all their meetings the week after lockdown. Everyone, 70,000 people were meeting online. So there was a, an amazing learning curve where within two weeks, everyone knew how to share screens, do polls, you know, surveys, breakout rooms. All of that was, was something new to me. And But within two weeks, it was a, almost like a crash course. I booked on to two a day, trying to get as much information as possible, seeing how it works. Whether you can have someone actually running the meeting in conjunction to the presenter which w- which is a good thing to have an independent almost a director to cut from one person or spotlight another person and those are the things that have been interesting and and the move as well for you know the large business events exhibitions to go online so that's that 's been another interesting move as well so there 's been sort of a segue where there's lots of different software out there now to actually recreate so an online exhibition so even from individual rooms have individual suppliers in there you can tailor your appointments you can get people in from the main room speaker slots in the main room and then people filter out due to appointments that's that's a good i think that's a way forward and i think a lot of companies are adopting that now up until march Next year, where conferences are tending now, I think to to book corporate wise, uh, a lot of the magic and the corporate work is is sort of, is on hold. Really, has been postponed from this year into next year. A lot of the awards, so yeah, is is an opportunity there to to try and you know break into a new market while well, you've still got the opportunity, and then obviously spot what works what doesn't work and then go into the long term with that as a new business plan new a new marketing strategy then can be adapted sort of to tailor the things that work against the things that actually are probably going to die out once physical interaction starts again so it, it's at the moment this seems to be you know in that it's sort of a world of a twilight world really where you're looking for opportunities spotting the opportunities reacting to those opportunities but you're still waiting to know what will work in the future rather than what, you know, I put all my effort into this and then actually as soon as physical meetings start, no one's going to use that. So, you know, it's it's that balance at the moment, as well as all the sort of key decision makers for the moment seem to be on furlough, which is, which is an annoyance when, when you need to confirm or or postpone bookings, which which they can't physically work. So I'm waiting on people coming back now. September should be. You know, an opportunity then to sort of hopefully reconnect with the people that have been on furlough and and move on, really. But I, th- I think it's just difficult for, for companies as well who've who've got these plans in place, had it cancelled. What do they do instead? And I think the, there's a double edged sword. So one thing is, if you organize a conference, it's usually a 12 month event to organize a conference or an exhibition. The thing is, with the Internet now, it's everything is short notice so they can organize a conference within a week. Um, there's no room to hire, there's no catering, there's no accommodation to book, there's no traveling, there's no transport costs. So they've got a lot more budget to put into content, which is why you know there is an opportunity at the moment to actually make some money, and equally as much money as you would be making before uh, for turning up to a physical event, you should be able to make at least that again because they've got a lot less expenses I think what people have got to remember with, with the training or, or the speaking circuit at the moment is people have already ring fenced money, so they may have to you know, let some people go, but they can't use the money they've already ring fenced for, for training and education because it's in a separate part, it's a separate budget, they can't transfer from one to the other. Next year, there might be an issue with that, but obviously for this year, the amount of conferences that have been moved transferred swapped onto online the venues have still refunded potentially most of that money so the onus on the company is to spend that money on content and if you can offer them products that fit in to to the things that they want to deliver the opportunities that they've got to deliver that then it there is opportunities there's markets just to tap into and i think the hardest thing is to try and identify those. And then, you know, within a couple of weeks is to repackage, reformat your products to fit into that market. So for instance, my one day courses are pretty much gone because no one wants to sit all day and listen to a course. So I've had to break those up into our slots So over a, so over a six week period. So, So that is a new product which I can now deliver. Whereas, you know, Marketing a one-day course at the moment is is difficult, uh, especially for individual companies. And my market is for larger companies, not for sort of SME, you know, smallish, you know, up to 20 employees. I I, You know, I'm looking at big departments and and, um, bigger budgets, obviously, the more people, the more delegate rate you can get per event. So I think it's trying to leverage everything at the moment. And it's, you know, there's good and bad things, you know, you spot opportunities, but you also spot opportunities to progress your business and and as as you mentioned earlier is how to pivot and you know and you just at the moment it's 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 a reaction rather than a revolution so you can't revolutionize anything until you've reacted to it and you can't react to it until you've spotted an opportunity to cause a rebellion and i think i think that is you know it's is that Two sides of the same coin, really, that one relies on the other. So it's uh, it's an interesting time and I'm sure it'll get more interesting before Christmas as well. Yeah, I
0: think, uh, like you say, it's that caught between two mindsets of, you know, how, do, how much do I invest in something new because things might go back to normal or they might split 50-50 or it might be all technology going forward. You know, until, until there's some more clarification on that, then you can't make too many... Uh, judgments you can't go too far in one direction or the other just in case you've got to pivot back again
1: like you know yeah I think the key things that I've invested in are sort of um, broadband obviously I've gone maximum as much as you can uh, because you know with everyone in the house and you're in the middle of a meeting the last thing you want is you know if you're charging people good money for something is the internet to fail or cameras to fail like like this the other thing is is new camera setups which is what I've got at the moment which it looks actually quite good, but if it works, so it's all beta testing at the moment. So, um, I've invested in new camera systems. I've got big green screens. I've also got um, lighting with, for the big green screen. I've got, you know, I bought a new giant iPad to to actually do the virtual whiteboard and uh, and use that. So, it's there's opportunities to to be able to to do a lot of things at the moment. But I think the key things are, you know. Try and keep a financial runway because who knows, you know, at this point, you know, potentially my financial runway is until March, really, when my events start back up. Once once they start back up, it'll be then topping back up my savings, which I'm paying myself for now. One of the things I'm very crucial about, uh, and, and very self-critical about is is if I'm going to be paying myself out of my savings at the moment, because obviously there's no income coming in unless, you know, specific jobs are now paying. I don't want to be paying myself to do nothing. So if I'm paying myself, I want an amount of work per week to generate either new product, new marketing, you know, there has to be something for the money I'm spending on myself. I think the worst thing you can do is look back, and say, well, actually, do you know, I had a really good time. I've, I've had a couple of weeks off, more time off than I wish I had, but, you know, I've really enjoyed all my time off. I've sat in my garden, I've done the fences. And at the end of this, you try and sell the products that you already had before lockdown. I think what you've got to identify is the products that you were selling before probably will not exist after lockdown. I think a lot of that, especially for speaking, you know, with regard to the magic, for, for instance, the magic that, you know, the close up magic at the moment, that is probably going to fail away until at least next summer where the weddings start again and then corporate events after that. I think one of the things that I was very lucky on is last year I set up a new company called Encounter Magic, which specializes in using magic as a promotional tool, just as you would if you had branded keys or, or branded, you know, Anything to give away at exhibitions, so what we do is we use branded magic tricks or branded sales messages marketing, uh, and we use those to deliver usps for people and that is whether it's a close up environment and we're telling them about you know what what your company does rather you know as we're entertaining them as we're making people laugh as we're dropping those anchors in for people to connect with your usps you know we are using physical anchors we're also using emotional anchors as well within that you know three minute four minute period where we are performing magic and all the while while we're doing that is we're developing brand awareness by having your logos on the back of the playing cards having you know whether you know i have a big counter as well which is a three meter counter with a you know two and a half meter wall behind it with a big screen on images of you know, taking the reactions of people and thrown up onto the wall behind on the big screen. So either on a projector or onto the big screen TV that we have hanging off the, the custom structure that is all brandable. So it's uh, ideal for sponsorship opportunities as well for events. So everything is, even the photographs have all got the logo the company on. And I think it's pivoting into that kind of market, you know, sort of, ahead of competition, if you will, that's allowed me to obviously now still be taking bookings and deposits during this period for events next year. So yeah. it's, it's gonna be hard for those people who haven't adjusted their products. And I think that's with any market sector really. I think you have to look at what is actually, people are gonna pay for in, a, in the future. People are not in the immediate term gonna want someone going up to them and say, pick a card obviously you've got that two meter social distance for a start so trying to reach someone with a pack of cards is is an issue (laughs) yeah and that's where sort of the the mind reading stuff comes in you can utilize mind reading everything is still brandable and and we do that but with the beauty of the counter is we have that physical barrier that is wipeable sanitary Uh, we we can wear ppe behind it and there is a that barrier between people so for awards and social events, we are now doing that, so we've got big packages going out for that next year and I think it's trying to adapt ahead of competition it is it is risky, but also I think sometimes it's more rewarding. I think when you get some people doing the same you know, same magic every time you see them that everyone else is doing, you know it's not about you and I think when you're charging a company you've got to remember it's not about me looking good it's about what you can deliver and the roi that you give to that company and if you can have multiple forms of roi for someone you can charge more money and i think and and i think that's that's where some of the jealousy creeps in in some of the magic world they can't understand how you can charge more money and the the easier it's not it's not a secret you offer more value more value you can charge more money and i think Wherever you go, it's it's the same. You know, if you're offering personal services, you go through that side of it. If you're offering, you know, increased time with clients than competitors, you know, you charge the same, but you double the amount of time. You're offering double the value, so you can put your percentage point up a bit above your competitors because you're offering them a different product and more time. So it's just adapting to everything, really. And and I think once you found that market. You've, you've got an opportunity to to go with it and, um, you know, put all your poker chips on the table and just and see what comes in, really. And I think some of that is the fun side of business, which I like. You know, I'm, I'm in a very fortunate position financially, so it allows me to, you know, I've worked hard for a long e- number of years and um, I'm now in that opportunity to try and do some things that I, that, that I want to do. So, you know, for the last two years, uh, I had the smallest magic theatre in the world no i so, I sold it in January fortunately oh. enough um but I, I sold it in January to my business partner who's uh, hopefully he's bless him he's you know he 's waiting on advice struggling it's it 's a tiny venue so i don 't know how he 's going to sort of manage but you know we took a A one up one down Victorian shop and within the space of the year turned it into the best nightlife venue in Wales on TripAdvisor so you know it's having the the skills to be able to do that to leverage to market to adapt to to focus to work with your strengths work with your weaknesses that allows you to sort of change into any project really and that's what I love I love that challenge of, of setting up new things and I'm running with it and that's one of the reasons I sold it in January because it was becoming um, it was actually really hard work I thought it would be easy but it's it was really hard work I just thought we'd we'd jump up and do 45 minutes each at the end of the night but it's you know you have to get your license you know we had premises changes I'm very fortunate uh, I used Richard Andrews uh, Architects and um, from the beginning and we had issues with planning and and it comes back to the whole networking thing. It's it's not what you know, it's, it's who you know. And I think one of the, the biggest advocates for networking is me, really. I've taken my sort of, foot off here for the last two years, uh, three years, because I've just been so busy with other projects. But I think now it's sort of getting back onto this, sort of, the branded magic. It's it's working, really. I, I work a lot now with the promotional union, which does all the, the personalized products and things like that. So... Um, I've got contacts in there. I used to do their awards, so it's it's getting back into that market, back into the trade show market, and uh, you know that's where the luc- lucrative work is really. That's, uh, it's hard to say that with a straight face. So,
0: yeah, and you mentioned uh, technology. I've looked in a, a few different platforms. Which is the best platform you've come across for doing those online sort of
1: multi-room, multi-your bigger? I think you know? I think there's. There is a couple, and I think it depends on clients. Obviously, um, one I've tried to avoid is Facebook yeah. uh, for various reasons. I think security more than anything. Um, the two that I seem to be having most success with is Zoom, and I, and I think it's because I'm just using it so often that I, you know, I'm more comfortable. If I'm delivering content and I want to share, uh, Zoom by far is, is is great, and I I, I think that is. Tip in number one. The other one is is Windows, uh, Microsoft's version, which is is actually quite good. Um, but again, some of my American clients they favour uh, Windows of so Microsoft. Um, I just wish I'd bought shares in Zoom to be honest in January. Um, I think, think I could retire. Yeah, but people, um, I think most people wish that, don't they? Yeah, Zoom just yeah. I, th- I think. Yeah one of the things with zoom now i think at the beginning i, w- I was a bit more skeptical with zoom than i was with sort of a windows based one and they've adjusted the security and i think now because everything is password to log on and obviously when you when you pay premium you don't get the restriction on time so that's that's you know always always a good thing and it's it's, it's quite you know it's very cheap when you consider if you're delivering content and you know it's is, is, I think it's 50p a day or something like that for the for the you know the pro contract. I think you know you pay more than that for for a cup of tea for three delegates in on a on, a, on one day speaking session. So you know it, it's it's tiny money really when you can spend you know you can spend a fortune on hiring a room and, and things like that. So I think I think it's something I will look at. I think what I'm looking at at the moment is potentially going into a a, a unit and having a sort of office and a studio in one place and i think i've
0: thought about doing that myself like you know you're kitting up somewhere as an office as a a studio where you can invite somebody down as well and do a dual
1: chat so um so i met someone recently um paul reese from accolade yeah Uh, um they've got a great great setup down in bridge end area so after sort of lockdown i'm sort of going to go down for a visit so they do a lot of american clients as 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 well as sort of the uk as well now but uh, canada based and things like that yeah. so they've always done a lot of remote working so it, w- it was interesting to go and see their setup and and try and find out a bit more about it one of the things i was quite aware on earlier was you know i've got to try and polish this a bit to to make it look a bit nicer so i thought i'd go for a better camera and a lens. So, um you know, it's got the instant Vaseline on on the lens of that one, so it, it you know it does take away the the hard night and the complexion a bit. So um I think having the variety to be able to to stand, I think standing it does make a difference when you're delivering content. Uh, you know, it it does allow you to feel a bit more natural at the camera, and I, yeah, there's there's a variety of uh, you know I've got four different lenses now, so. I've got massive wide lens that I can stand up, you know, in a small office. So I've got, you know, more detailed lens. If I, if I'm just, you know, on a, on a face to face like this, um, if I, you know, it's, it goes into about that much detail and, and it, it's, it's really good lens, but it depends really what your customer or your client is, is paying for, you know, for the, so I've done a few magic shows online and, um, People need to see from waist height because they don't trust what's not they yeah. can't see really. So that you know that you need to be able to adapt. And I think one of the the big things is is that it's going to be the future. So I think if you're going to invest in something, I think you know is an opportunity now to to whether you know I'm currently looking at a couple of different options whether it 's just an office or you know and I can paint one wall green and and just move a camera position in, but I'm quite favoring a, a setup where you know even one end of the, one end of it is is studio and the other end is is not you know so yeah there's opportunities there, so it's um, you know plus I'm if i 've got a big lock up, I can get rid of my storage unit with all my magic in so uh,
0: yeah fair enough, fair enough. Um, how do people get in touch with you, uh, Brian, if they want to um either uh, get in touch for work purposes or if they want to see um, some more of your magic and uh, have you got like YouTube and that?
1: Yeah, so I don't particularly put stuff on YouTube for various reasons, one of which is, is copyright. A lot of magicians tend to sort of borrow stuff yeah, and okay. uh and trying and say it's theirs. So um, <laughs> I've, I've kind of laid, um, I've quite got a small footprint really on, on uh, some sort of YouTube Uh, One of the things that I'm doing now is I'm doing more and more speaking content uh, and then be starting putting that on. And um, that's, you know, the next project once websites and things are are adjusted and finished. But uh, there's two main ways really. So LinkedIn is more sort of the business route that I tend to use. So it's just Brian Gunton, B-R-Y-A-N-G-U-N-T-O-N. And um, if anyone wants to connect, uh, speakers, trainers, you know organizing agencies anything marketing um my company is on there so encounter magic is sort of linked on there as well on, on my linkedin profile otherwise social you know i've got quite a few encounter magic is pretty much on instagram and if you go on just type in brian gunton on any social media i've got a you know events page for every one of those you know I bought that out many years ago on all platforms, Twitter, Facebook. I wasn't so lucky with Encounter Magic. There's, you know, the odd one has got Encounter Magic 1 or, you know, so, um, but uh, yeah, um, if you go on my LinkedIn profile, there's an Encounter Magic brochure uh, as well, which is, you know, a PDF, which you can have a look through. All my social channels are on there. I've created new brochures over the last four weeks. And that's on there, all my social links are on there. So yeah, stop by, any questions, just let me know if you wanna know how you can sort of magic up your evening or magic up your event with some branded magic, just let me know.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. And just for you to know this, uh, if you use LinkedIn a lot, if you join forces with a pod, of which I'm building one at the moment, I'm already part of one as well. If you get um, say 20 people in a pod, set them up as a WhatsApp group, and then um, all agree a certain time of the day to post. And then what you do is you grab the link when you post on LinkedIn, and you put it into your WhatsApp group, and everyone can click on the link and, and, and like and comment. And if, okay. you get 10, if you get 10 likes or comments within an hour, it goes viral.
1: Oh Oh! wow, okay, cool. Yeah. No, that's, that's good to know. I honestly, uh, before this, I had someone doing it all for me, and now, <laughs> I've got so much time, but again, it's the inclination that I find I find quite hard. You know, I'm a big fan of snail mail. Uh, yeah. I get a lot of clients by sending hard copies of things too. And um, it's just because a lot of people are doing social or email marketing. The market is about standing out. So, you know, I think so you actually stand snail, snail out quite mail, well.
0: Snail mail works because it stands out because everyone stopped it.
1: Yeah, you know, and stick a chocolate bar in there with them with a message written on it. You know, it's... Uh, yeah. You know, you have to be careful now. You have to be sort of dairy-free and, <laughs> and all sorts of gluten and, uh, and things like that. But if you get the right product for the right people, they tend to remember you.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, yeah, and I'm a big fan of going wherever the crowds don't go. So, you know, mail is a good place right now because... You know, it's the reason I don't do a lot of email marketing because everyone does email marketing and, you know, drives me nuts. So, I, you know, I, I tend to do like LinkedIn. LinkedIn's the one that organically gets reach at the moment. So especially, you know, if you've got yeah, something... I think, really, I think to be got, honest,
1: um, business, you know. it, it tends to, you know, I'm not a fan of the birthday notifications, I'll be honest, but um, it, it's trying to be something is not, I think. But I, I think for, for value, I think people feel more value in the fact that you contact them on LinkedIn than if you do on other platforms, yeah, I think yeah. is a lot more transparent. You can see who's contacted, you can see who's looked at your profile. You, you know, there's not just click on and and spy on competition. It's 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 a you know a great way of building business.
0: Yeah, but if you um if you've got a real world network, I, I won't um bother my real world network all the time. But if I've got a post that I want to go far, it's a really good post that, you know, is more important than, you know, the average post, then I would grab that link, send it on Messenger or or WhatsApp or whatever to my contacts and say, do me a favor, click on this and just like and comment it. Because if you can get those 10, that's the magic number, 10 within the first hour, then what it basically does is LinkedIn says, oh, this post is popular, let's share it out to other Mm. people. And then it, instead of having 50 views, you'll have 500. You know, it could be that
1: much different. Yeah, I think, I think Facebook for me is has is, is never worked really for, for my market. Um, it always tends to be, you know, how much, you know, that's expensive, you know, that, uh, or, you know, the engagement on posts has, has gone down and down and down, you know. It so just goes into sharper flesh.
0: They only show your posts on Facebook now to people who – like and engage with this
1: so if for yeah. example like even, boosted or paid, even boosted or paid posts, the engagement on those compared yeah. to sort of six years ago is, is 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 not worth the money really so um where you see people with you know thousands and thousands of likes on their page but only one person's commenting you know you're thinking well actually did you buy those a few years ago or, or you know why aren't you getting that engagement through and you know the problem I, I, is there's
0: too many yeah. listeners on social media, not enough speakers, not enough people who want to yeah, get it's involved.
1: White noise. It's a lot of white noise. And I think that's that's the problem. Yeah. I think I'm quite happy going on to some specific groups on Facebook and, and commenting and, and doing some work there. And but you know, I think the reality is you've you've gotta be able to shout about yourself in a room that people can hear. And I think that is is one of the biggest things, really?
0: I think it's also people are so busy; they think it's they haven't got enough time to like or comment on something. But it takes two seconds to put a comment on, and if you actually, if people engage and comment on stuff more, it creates a much better system. But yes,
1: don't think I, people I, I totally, agree. I think, I think it's um, yeah, it's what well, for instance, I put a post on Facebook today. My my daughter passed a degree. I think two hundred is on 200 people like oh, you it. Get it notes, in comments. You get notes and stuff
0: like that. But yeah. you put a business I mean, post well, on and nobody,
1: nobody engages in it. It's exactly that. Is because the business posts are quite regular. They become a white noise. Yeah. And I think people will like them at first because they want to support you. But all of a sudden, it becomes white noise to them. And unless you're delivering sort of extreme content or or whatever, that 's a variation on that. You're never going to get that engagement with clients if you're going to drop discounts and things, that's an opportunity to do it. I don't generally discount, so you know I'm not going. To, I'm not going to use it for that. Whereas, you know, I'm quite happy looking at some of the marketplaces, using you know using LinkedIn as a as a almost a CRM you know system. Whereas you go on, you identify the market you want to look at today, you find out those people you're connected to, and then you. You do a tailored message just to those people rather than, you know, you out, you know, a scattergun approach. You approach, you know, a different, pers- diff- you know, different group of people with a specific message on different days. And I think for me that works. But, um, you know, everyone's different. I, you know, I wish I had the magic formula.
0: <laughs> well, you know, yeah, like you say, there are some magic formulas that do work, but um, a lot of the time the magic formula is... Uh, try lots of things, work out what works for
1: you and then do lots of that. Yeah. That's the magic formula. It? It's all A and B testing really. And that's one of the things yes. I use quite a lot. Um, yeah. I do a, a lots of different, you know, I've had before I've just ordered another 500 brochures. I've had two versions out and, and seen what's engaged in, and feedback on both. So uh, yeah, corporate, they wanted a sort of a, a black background, whereas some sort of the weddings, they wanted a white background. So you know even little things like that uh, you know make a difference so yeah, i don't know why i think one of the, was it was <laughs> events. so i think i think one of the comments was on the survey that it looked like it was mo- it was more for nighttime and corporate events because it was black yeah. uh, whereas weddings looked you know like white because of wedding dresses and uh, yeah, you know yeah. but you know you you have to try these things and spend the money unfortunately it's the same, it's the same with
0: words you know you can you can replace a couple of words with similar words and get a better response because yeah. certain words yeah. just resonate better with other people than not, like, you know. So, you know, A-B testing is the key for most marketing. It's just to try lots of stuff, keep trying it, keep playing around with it, and, and analyse and measure and, and do the stuff that works
1: more. Yeah, yeah, totally.
0: Brilliant. All right, then. well, thanks a lot for coming on the podcast, uh, Brian. Thank Thank you, yeah, I'm if sure. you share,
1: share it with me, I'll share it out.
0: Okay, I will do. I'll, share, I'll send you the podcast link and also the link to YouTube as and when I publish them, okay? Perfect. Brilliant. All right, nothing else left to say now other than have a great day. I know I will. And thanks very much for listening.